RC Plane Lab Podcast. I'm Ron. And I'm Tom. Today, we're going to talk about wing sheeting and uh, and how to build it. Yeah, so this episode is going to be a little bit different than what we usually do. Um, Tom's going to kind of go through the process he uses to assemble these wing sheets. Uh, in order for this to make sense, you probably want to listen uh, with our website pulled up in the background. I will have some pictures posted, um, and and Tom will reference picture number one, number two, number three to kind of explain what he is talking about. Uh, so head on over now and visit us at rcplanelab.com slash wing dash sheeting. And that should bring it up. Uh, if you can't find it that way, just go to the homepage and there will be a link under the show notes for this one too. Um, you can actually play it in the browser. Uh, if you don't want to listen to it through your podcast app or you can listen to it however you want and just kind of follow along nice. uh, as, uh, as he discusses what to do. So Tommy, cool. you want to start? Yeah, yeah. So a lot of our airplanes today um, use balsa sheeting to cover the wings. You know, foam, a lot of the uh, uh, larger airplanes use foam cores and then they're sheeted with balsa. And you have to get those balsas in big, you know, balsa sheets in big sheets to cover these big wings. And this is this is one way to do it. Uh, there's lots of different ways, but this is the way I've been doing it for years and years and years. And since I just recently did it on this Horton uh, wing project, I thought, hey, why not put a little how-to together? So if you'll look at photo number one, you'll see uh, how you start. You know, we start with these uh, six-inch wide. Uh, these are 332-inch balsa sheets, uh, or 16th inch rather. And um, you basically want to make sure you start with uh, straight edges. Uh, as you get these sheets out of the out from the stores or, or in the mail or wherever you buy your balsa sheets, they usually don't come with nice true edges. Um, they're mass produced, you know, on machines, and you know, machines produce a fine edge, but they're never really perfect. And you really need. Or they an might almost, get messed up in shipment, even. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Or you know, they'll warp. You know, uh, humidity does a does a number, especially on soft balsa. Um, right. So you have to true up all those edges before you can glue them together because you want a really, really, really nice, tight-fitting joint so that the uh, that the glue we're going to use, uh, you know, has the best effect and provides the best bond. So in picture number one, you can see I've got this nice, long, steel, uh, three-foot straight edge that I like to use um, to trim the edges of, of, the, of all the sheets that are going to be glued together. And so that's what you can see in photo number one there. You can see I've, uh, looks like I've trimmed the first sheet there or a few other sheets because you can see the little slivers there of, uh, of what was left. Uh, and then the next picture, uh, what I do is I'll, once I'm satisfied with the, with the, fit of those sheets together and it may sometimes even take a little bit you know a touch up with a with a sanding block or whatever to make sure that you get a good fit um, I'll slide the sheets together and I'll initially just tape them together 
with you know short pieces of masking tape that you can see in the photo there um, to get them all nice and lined up and and get those joints tight together. And once I've done that with all the sheets, in this case, I'm only gluing three sheets together, but it doesn't matter how many sheets you're gluing together. Um, put them all together like this. And then I like to run a nice solid um, line of tape because this is essentially going to be the backside of the sheet. And having said that, I want to make a note that uh, I assemble these sheets with the good side down. Uh, Usually when they run these sheets through the mills and things like that, um, there's a good side and a bad side usually. And you can tell by by looking at it or feeling it, um, the smoothest or the best looking side I'll put down. So in the photo number three there, you see I've got the three sheets, uh, I'm sorry, four sheets, three seams uh, taped together. And that is going to be the back of, of my sh finished sheet. So in the next photo, number four, I have taken the sheet and just flipped it over. And you can see it just so happens that the labels on these sheets were put on the good side, uh, which is unfortunate in this case because those labels, when I peeled them off, they left residue behind that I then had to try to clean off. So anyway, <laughs> once you've got to this point, then you're, you're going to be ready uh, to have your glue. And I want to talk about that. Uh, I'm old school. I like to use wood glue or, or aliphatic resin in, 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 is, is its official technical name. Um, tight bond uh, original formula is what I use. Um, SIG bond is also a great uh, um, glue that, uh, that I also use whenever I can get it. Um, tight bond can be bought at uh, most hardware stores, you know, Lowe's, Menards, Ace Hardware. Uh, SIG, you have to get from a, usually a model supplier. I have seen it in Hobby Lobby before. So uh, that's also, um, and I want to make a note specifically here not to use CA to glue your sheets together. And the reason for that um, is because CA, when it wicks into the balsa, it creates a hard spot in the balsa. And when you go to sand that smooth, that spot where the ball, where the CA is, is then harder than the soft balsa around it. So the soft balsa around it will sand off before that CA does. And it leaves you with, you know, divots or scallops or, or if you're really getting aggressive with the sanding, it'll let, you can actually, on this sheeting especially, you can run the risk of sanding through it and still having this ugly CA seam. CA has its use. Uh, it's not here. Uh, so anyway, photo number five in this case, you can see I've got the sheets um, bent, almost like that tape is acting like a hinge on the backside. And what that does is it opens up the joint so that I can then, as in the next photo, uh, fill that joint with uh, the tight bond in this case. And just to, I mean, you can put as much glue in there as you want. Um, just know that any extra you're going to be squeegeeing off in, in one of the next steps anyway. So I try not to overdo it. Um, tight bond is a wonderful glue. It, uh, and so is Sigbond. Um, they work really, really well. It, it doesn't take a lot of glue to get a really good bond. So if you zoom in on that picture, you can kind of see the approximate amount that I like to, to lay in that joint. And then when you... Yeah, and a little goes a long way with that too. I mean... It does. You know, the balsa, balsa is not very strong to begin with. So right. you're not looking for a joint that's going to, you know, hold a brick or anything. You just want it to be <laughs> as strong as the rest of the balsa. And exactly. really, even with just a little bit of glue in there, if you bend that and break it, that glue joint is going to hold. The balsa is going to break. And that's exactly right. Um, that's exactly right. I, and like I said, you, you, you run the, I mean, the, this, 
this glue will soak into the wood a very, very small amount, not like CA does, but uh, like you said, that this joint will be stronger than the the balsa around it. So if you you know were to when this thing is cured, you were to bend the sheet right there along that seam, the balsa around it's gonna gonna crack and break before that seam is. Um, mm-hmm. So. Yeah, that's about the amount of glue I use. And then when you flatten those sheets out, it squeezes out the excess glue to the good side of the sheet because you've got the tape now on the back side. No, you can't, you're not going to get much squeeze out back there. So then in the next photo, you can see I've flattened the sheets out. It's, uh, you can see how much glue has, uh, has then kind of oozed out of that joint. And what I do is I come back and I scrape that off with either, you know, a small sheet of balsa or, you know, an old credit card, or even if you just want to use a paper towel, you know, moistened with a little bit of water, um, wipe that off. And that's the next picture. Uh, I've come back and done that. And then what I do is once I've done that, I'll apply a piece of tape to that seam as well. In that photo number eight, you can see that I've squeegeed the glue off and that there's tape on the other seams. So now I've got these uh, joints taped on both the front and the back. Right. Uh, and then once you've got all those together and you got them all taped up, you let it sit. Uh, I like to let it sit for 24 hours because uh, uh, the type on, you know, if you go to sand it too early, uh, it gets kind of gummy and then kind of yeah. balls up on the sandpaper and that's no fun. It can leave divots, you know, in the in the ball. So, so I let it sit, uh, in this case, overnight, 24 hours, 12, 24 hours, whatever it was, uh, peeled all the tape off and that's what I ended up with in photo number nine. And then you hit that with some, uh, you know, 220, and you got a really, really, really smooth sheet now ready for applying to your wing. And that's really all there is to it. Do you notice any difference when you go to do like a compound type curve, um, or even when you're trying to curve with the grain? Do you notice any difference in in how it bends? Sure. Um, Okay, so you do notice a difference where it bends, like where you have the glue? It does, yeah. Um, But, Usually, you know, some some tricks, you know, there are tricks out there that you can use to to assist. Uh, in the case of this uh, Horton wing that I've been working on that I actually built this skin for, it has a lot of compound curve. And the actual, the underside of the wing has a, uh, a reflex, actually. So it has a almost an under camber uh, portion. So it was really difficult to get. Uh, the sheeting to conform to the wing. And here's where, you know, the little, you know, tips of the trade or tricks or whatever is uh, I like to use Windex, the full-on ammonia version. Uh, and what that does is, uh, you know, you spray it on the surface and uh, and that makes the wood a little more pliable. Uh, ammonia actually breaks down to some degree the fibers in the balsa. So um, I actually recommend a, a, a not straight ammonia. I, I mix mine 50-50 with water uh, just because I I don't want to break down all the fiber of the wood. Um, but breaking down those fibers makes that wood more pliable so that it can then conform and then, you know, to the, to the substrate. Uh, and then, so, so you use, you use ammonia mixed or do you use Windex? I use Windex that's thinned with water. So I'll use Windex 50, 50 with water. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah okay. I don't, I, got you I don't, now. yeah, I don't go full strength with it. Um, just because, like I said, the, the ammonia does break down. Um, I believe it's the cellulose that's in some of the some of the wood, um, and that would be permanent. Then that's nothing that'll come back. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. In, in this case, it's probably not a big deal because I'm going to be fiberglassing this wing anyway. But um, yeah, I, I didn't want you know I don't want to lose all the strength of the wood. I'd, I'd like to retain some of it. So, um, and you just don't need it. I mean, 
this wing was was pretty pretty complex in in all the curves that are on it and uh and the the mix that I used was fine. I was able to get the the ball so to conform. But getting back to the glue joints, um they are a little more challenging because they're not as flexible because they are, you know, I mean, you've bonded two sheets together with this really, really great glue and it's made a really, really strong joint that is now not quite as flexible as the wood around it. So that's something that you'll want to think about uh, when you're, you know, maybe planning your, your wing uh, skin uh, sheet construction. Uh, Sometimes you can, you can strategically place those joints in areas that aren't quite so, um, curvilicious, you know, for, for lack of a better word, like leading edges. You know, when you're trying to conform a, a sheet of balsa to a leading edge, uh, you may not want a glue joint in that area if you can avoid it. So um, you might want that to sit a couple inches back on the top and bottom then. Right. And there's lots of strategies too for, you know, for, for avoiding that too. Like, uh, you know, sometimes I didn't do that in this case, but I've done it before where I've, you know, I've constructed a, a sheet, a, you know, for a, a wing and I'll cut back the leading edge and then I'll, I'll trim another sheet of balsa, let's say two inches from the leading edge so that that grain will then run parallel to the leading edge. Whereas, you know, the overall sheet may be perpendicular to the, to the root of the wing. And if it's a tapered wing, well then that, you know, that grain's not going to be parallel exactly to the leading edge. So then may not be as, um, pliable. So what I'll do is I'll, I'll trim two inches back off the leading edge of my sheet, parallel to the leading edge of the of the wing, if that makes sense, and then I'll come back and I'll glue a straight sheet with the grain running parallel. It's hard to describe. It's easier to draw a picture of it. But um, anyway, that's how you build a sheet, and you can strategically place those joints uh, should you need to. Uh, and then oh, what okay. I perfect. go ahead. I said perfect. And then one question I do want to ask though. Um, that's obviously edge gluing. What about like end gluing pieces to make them longer? Is that something you can do too, or, or do you really want to stay away from that? You, you want to stay away from that. Uh, end grain balsa is not particularly strong. Um, it, you can't, it's, it's hard to get a really good bond end grain. It can be done, um, but it's not something that, that, that you, you, you like to do. And there are ways to, to get around that too. You can, you know, you can, cut a bias on the end of a sheet and then cut a matching bias on another sheet so you have more more glue area or more bond area. Um, more but, surface area, yeah. But generally speaking, yeah, you want to, if at all possible, try to uh, avoid gluing ends together to make longer pieces. And that doesn't just go okay. for balsa sheets. That goes for sticks as well. Like if you're building, let's say, a, a you know, a... a a J3 cub, let's say, has really, really long longerons in the fuselage and you don't have sticks long enough to do it. There are strategies you can do, you know, cutting cutting angles and so to maximize the glue joints, but you want to avoid that if at all possible whenever you can. But yeah, and then uh, once you got your sheet built and then, you know, you glue it to the airframe and I like to use wood glue for that too and, and lots and lots of weight. <laughs> oh, so that's all you use on it? You don't pin it or anything? Pins, weights, whatever it takes. I like to. I've I've uh, I've made these little shot bags out of BBs um, that uh, are nice because they actually will conform. You know, you can kind of roll them around and they'll they'll take the shape of whatever is underneath them. Um, oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, you have to be careful. I mean, too much weight in between. Let's say on a wing, in between a wing rib will cause that area to you know 
bow, if you will, down between the ribs. So you want to be careful. You want to be strict. Exactly. You want to be, you know, careful where you place your weight. But um, yeah, I like to, I like to use these little bags I've made and uh, T pins. Sure. uh, Especially around the leading edges to keep it pinned down the leading edge. And, uh, and my, my ammonia mix uh, does a pretty good job. But that's how you build a, a wing skin. All right. Thanks, everybody. Uh, Until next time, I'm Ron. I'm Tom. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the RC Plane Lab podcast. For topic suggestions, to ask questions, or to give any feedback, connect with us at rcplanelab.com or email us direct at either ron at rcplanelab.com or tom at rcplanelab.com. You can also text us or leave us a voicemail at 818-351-9846. Please subscribe, rate, and review us on your favorite podcast app. Until next time, may your landings be gentle.